Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash bookshow. Then go over to morbidlybeautiful.com as we are now part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcasting Network. It has been established that persons who have recently died have been returning to life and committing acts of murder. Have you checked the children? children. I want to play a game. The box. You opened it. We came. This is the All America Spook Show. Hello, welcome to the latest edition of the All American Spook Show. I'm Josh. I'm joined here with Donnie. Yo. And the Professor Smoke. What's up? Will is on assignment, and he's the lucky one, I think, because uh, this week, <laughs> this week we dive back into the. You know, he's not a fan of the Hellraiser series anyway, so he's not really missing anything. But you know, that's just beyond the fact that he's not already a fan. This ain't gonna make you a fan. That's for sure. <laughs> but yeah, this week we're gonna be watching Hellraiser: Hellseeker from 2002, and unfortunately, I picked this. Now, <laughs> the only reason, though, in my defense, I picked it is so we can get through these damn Hellraiser movies. Yeah. This is the yeah, this accurate. is the sixth one, and we still got five more <laughs> to watch. You know, <laughs> over the course of the next, I guess, calendar year, however long it takes. This might be the last one that we watch for a little while, though, because just the way the calendar is falling. Unless one of you guys pick the next one, we're going to be approaching our big summer event at the beginning of June. So mm. before before you know it, we'll be there. So. This might be the last one we do for a while, but we'll see. Maybe we can squeeze one more in there, you know, before then, just so we can, like like I said, kind of swiftly get through the rest of this series. But here we are. And y'all are excited for the summer event. It's going to be the summer of rom-coms. Yeah. Right? I thought you were, thought you were going to say something like, it's the summer of watching all the Hellraiser movies again. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd most definitely rather go with the rom-coms, actually. <laughs> I, yeah, no question. Man, um, man, that'd be like some some pinhead level uh, deceptiveness, wouldn't it? <laughs> Torture. If we had to just sit down and watch all these again in a row every week. <laughs> I mean, I, the average person out there, maybe you know, you haven't maybe you haven't seen Crapster Piece. Join up and watch Crapster Piece, but I would rather watch most of the Crapster Piece movies we've done again than watch another one of the, one of the Hellraiser movies that we've seen Now that's so saying far. something. It is, that is, it is but I'm glad you threw in the caveat of most of the Crapster Piece, because I know you weren't, you weren't about to say all. No, no way. No, not all. Not all. No. Cats. No, I, I don't want to gouge my eyes yeah. out with him. I like to take some of, <laughs> no, what, the, some of the acupuncture needles and just right in the eyes. Yeah. Yeah, I guess uh, oh, before we dive in, we want you to know right out the gates, we are a spoiler-filled podcast. So if you have not seen Hellraiser, Hellseeker, and you, and want, you want to, and you want to, yeah, which is a big, if, which is a big if. Pause this, go check it out. I, uh, I believe as of the recording of this, it's available on HBO Max, maybe a few other places, mm-hmm. but at least it was there. I'm pretty sure. Go check it out and then come back. We'll be here waiting on you. Otherwise, we're going to spoil it for you. So go check it out. Also, we want you to go visit aaspookshow.com. That's the center of the Spook Show universe, as we like to say. 
There you can find uh, links to our YouTube page where we have all of our latest videos lined up for you right there. Our, our series of uh, Spook Show Rewinds, Video Vortex, Hammer Horror, In Order, Grindhouse Gutter, all there. We also encourage you to go over to patreon.com slash Show. Every month we give you a video mini-sode featuring the library of the professor. Uh, we give you Crapster Piece Theater every month, which, man, just every month. Just <laughs> one after another. We we just had Troll Two that came out just just this past Friday, so mm. yeah, there's that. <laughs> Smoke, uh, you know, you won the poll on that one. You didn't have to be there. Um, did you ever get a chance to? Because you said yeah. you actually wanted to watch it. Did you ever get a chance to sit down and watch it? Oh, okay. I didn't get a chance to squeeze Troll Two in there, but I will. <laughs> actually, I wanted to watch the first Troll again. Not not that they have anything to do with each other at all, really. But yeah, I am going to get around to watching Troll 2 again here soon. And uh, I, I kind of hate that I missed that episode because I'll have to go back and uh, you know watch it after the fact. And I know it, it, it'll probably rear its head again at some point down the road, oh, it Troll mm-hmm. 2. So. But yeah, if you want to hear me and Donnie go off on that mm-hmm. movie for a little bit and uh, give you our true thoughts, maybe not our final thoughts, but at least our thoughts this time around, uh, go over to Crapster Peace over on patreon.com slash Show. So uh, yeah, all that out of the way, without any further buildup, I'll go ahead and toss the trailer for Hellraiser Hellseeker. Welcome to the worst nightmare of all, reality. Ah. Which do you find more exhilarating? It's getting hot in here. The pleasure. I prefer pain. Well, what do you think? All right, there's the trailer for that. And we, and we have a, a special guest run in here. All of a sudden, I, like like Randy Orton's RKO out of nowhere. <laughs> we got Willie. He, he just decided to randomly pop in. Here he is. And he actually. I've got such sweet treasures to show you. No, no, you don't. No, <sighs> okay, I don't. No, we've already set, we've already <laughs> set this up. There's nothing sweet. Oh. There's no, 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 oh. no treasures. Nothing to show. But pleasure or pain? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's there's, <laughs> there's definitely pain. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So I guess uh, before we we dive into some of the background, uh, is this the first time watch for all of us? I mean, because it is for me. Yeah, for me, I had never. Yep. Never watched this before. Will, so. Will, you said you've seen it three times, right? <laughs> of course. Of all the movies, damn it. <laughs> now, you know, uh, I, I'm not going to go deep into who sent it because we don't know, but we actually got <laughs> we actually got some hate mail for uh, Hellraiser Bloodline. I'm just going to throw <laughs> that out there. Somebody sent us a... I don't know who. I really don't. Somebody sent a message. I don't know if they're just fucking with us <laughs> or they legit, but it, it kind of had a feeling of legitimacy to it. I'm just saying. That was for Hellraiser Bloodline, right? They actually enjoyed it and were like shitting on us for shitting on that movie. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't believe it when I saw that. So if you're out yeah. there, if you're out there and you're listening, why? No, you, you got to read the review. Well, I guess was it a review or was it a comment? Well, what was it? I guess we're gonna say it's more of a comment because it, it was sent to us over on aaspookshow.com. This was sent to us from Pinhead. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that, and he left an email address. 
That was that was nice of him. It's fuck you at fuckyou.com. <laughs> and a, and a phone number no less. 1-800-EAT-SHIT. Uh, does that actually dial anything? I don't know. I doubt it. But he left a message. He says, uh, I'm a fan of the show, but fuck you for shitting on Hellraiser Bloodline. Seriously, <laughs> fuck you. That's it. So, uh, That's I mean, it. we thank you for us, uh, you know, submitting over there on aaspookshow.com. Whoever did that, Pinhead, I'm sorry. I know, we know who did it. Pinhead. I guess right. it's understandable why Pinhead would be mad that we shot, we shit on his movie, right? Uh, well, hmm. <laughs> not, much, I mean, not much left to say about that, but yeah, that's, that was interesting that we got, of all the movies. <laughs> that we've talked about on the spook on yeah. the spook show, I and mean, this is literally episode one hundred and fifty three. Wow. And that's I mean, that somebody more hate mail over uh, ginger snaps. You know, our our our, oh. our assessment of ginger snaps. I would think would have gotten more hate mail than our assessment of uh, whichever Hellraiser that was. We I don't did. <laughs> yeah, we did get a few comments on that one. And yeah, I think there's been a few others that we've had some people say, "Nah, you're wrong." But that Hellraiser. Mm. Anything past Hellraiser 3, what the hell's wrong with you? You know? But anyways, yeah, so yeah. I guess we'll, we'll go ahead and dive into the background here on uh, old Hellraiser Hellseeker just so we can uh, blast through blast through this thing. Uh, it's also known as Hellraiser 6, simply, you know, or Hellraiser 6 Hellseeker. It kind of has, you know, three different titles, whichever version you're, you got your hands on. Uh, this, of course, was released straight to video. Released on VHS and DVD October 15th, 2002. Uh, it was produced by Dimension Films and distributed by Buena Vista Home Entertainment. This has come up, I, I want to say it was the last one that was like, we just connected Pinhead to Mickey Mouse, right? With the Buena Vista <laughs> Home Entertainment because of their connections with Disney. <clears throat> this one is rated R, total runtime of one hour and 29. <laughs> Thank God it's only one hour and 29 minutes. <laughs> on IMDb, it's listed as horror slash mystery slash thriller. And this movie was filmed in the Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, that general area in different locations. Uh, starting, I didn't see like an end date of production, but I guess basically throughout the month of January of 2001 for a budget of $3 million. And boy, they really uh, used every bit of the change they got on that <laughs> one, huh? It was eventually released on Blu-ray July 17th of 2012. So, so 10 years later, somebody's like, you know what would be a great idea? Let's release this on Blu-ray. And they did. Yeah. Believe it or not, Clive Barker actually had some input on this movie, specifically on the third act. And his, his, his comment was, don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I found that interesting, though, because, you know, toward the end, it does pick up a little bit, you know, compared to, say, like the first hour yeah. of the movie. But... Maybe that was because of the involvement of Clive Barker, you know, because I, I read that afterwards, and now that maybe that makes a little bit of sense. This is also the last time Clive Barker had any input into into the <laughs> Hellraiser series. I guess at least until he had he might may or may not have had some input in uh, that recent reboot from last year. I don't know what yeah. his level of involvement was in that, but I would imagine they had him involved in some manner. In that one, but apparently all the other ones though that follow this, the ones that we'll be watching sooner or later, uh, what seven through ten, he had nothing to do with. Apparently, the original script for this movie was supposed to be Hellraiser Five, the last one that we just watched, but they pushed it to this one, 
And then apparently that original script had nothing to do with uh, Kirsty coming back. She was not in that one. Uh, this went through multiple rewrites, got got worked into what we see here, and then they added her in. It was directed by Rick Bota, B-O-T-A, so we'll just go with that, Rick Bota. Uh, mm-hmm. This is his feature film debut. Like This is the first time he had directed like a, you know, a feature-length film. The only other things that he would be noted for would be he directed the next two, Hellraiser Debtor, which is Hellraiser 7, and Hellraiser Hellworld, which is Hellraiser 8. So we'll get to the further works of Rick Boda very soon. He also was the cinematographer on 23 episodes of Tales from the Crypt, the cinematographer for Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight, and he was the director of, of photography on Valentine back on episode 95 and on House on Haunted Hill. So... We, we've already dipped our toes into this guy's work a little bit, and we're going to be seeing more of it. So that you got that to look forward to, Donnie. Yep. <laughs> it was written by Carl Dupree, who also wrote Detroit Rock City, The Prophecy 3, The Ascent, Hellraiser Hellworld, which is Hellraiser 8. Uh, he was the apprentice editor on Leprechaun 2. <laughs> and he was the <laughs> assistant editor for Mimic and Scream 2. So I think he's really known more for like his uh, editing work and some of the, the other uh, background work that he's done on other films, such as Mimic and Scream 2, than necessarily for these. But And it was also written by Tim Day, who wrote Hellraiser Debtor, which is Hellraiser 7. And he was an electrician. <laughs> Smoke you like this. He was an electrician on Waxwork 2, Lost in Time. Oh. An electrician, I yeah, yeah. Oh, and even <laughs> even better, by the way, he was the best boy grip on Fantastic Four from 1994. You know, the Roger Corman Fantastic Four. I don't even think I put that on my resume. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think he did either. But it's on IMDb catches catches you with everything, right? Um, yeah. It stars this film stars Dean Winters as Trevor. You may, you may know him better as Mayhem from the Allstate commercials. <laughs> That was the first thing I thought of too. Like as soon as I saw him, I'm like, "Oh, it's that guy, Mayhem." Yeah, and that's that's what I thought of. Um, well, he was in Oz too, but uh, yes, uh, yes. when the when they did the, uh, I guess at the beginning the car crash, you know, I was like, "Oh yeah, Mayhem." <laughs> See, Allstate could, could have protected uh, him and Kirsty from from all that happening. It could protect you from Mayhem just like you. Turns out no. No, 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 because Pinhead likes to likes the long con. He really likes to fuck with you. Well, he's in there for eternity, so he needs something to do. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the best. He could, <laughs> and that's the best he could come up with. Uh, but like you said, Dean Winters would also probably be best known from Oz. Uh, he was in the first John Wick movie, a uh, bu- bunch of episodes of the uh, FX series Rescue Me. A handful of episodes of the uh, NBC series Thirty Rock. That comedy. He's more of a comedy guy, really. He's had more recently. He's had a longer run on Law and Order SVU, and uh, he appeared on a good handful of episodes of uh, the Fox comedy Brooklyn Nine Nine. It also stars Ashley Lawrence reprising her role as Kirsty Cotton. If you recall, she was in the first two Hellraiser movies and technically the third one, although it was very brief in Hellraiser Three: Hell on Earth. But she was in it, and this is. She comes back for this one, and then she never comes back again. You never see <laughs> Kirsty or the character of Kirsty or Ashley Lawrence in any more Hellraiser movies going forward. So don't get your hopes up, Donnie. Oh, yeah. 
She was also. <laughs> <laughs> she, <laughs> she was also in Warlock Three: The End of Innocence. That's where I know her best from. Let's be honest. Not these Hellraiser movies. It's Warlock <laughs> Three: The End of Innocence. And of course, Doug Bradley, once again, as Pinhead. And he also plays another role in this one as Merchant. Mm. He's in the first eight Hellraiser movies. We talked about that already. He he bailed you know, after that eighth one. Uh, he was also in Nightbreed. He's been in a handful of other things. But the only other thing that we probably mostly remember him from is his, his appearance in Honky Sausages. Which is... <laughs> you know, yeah. just Which we've already talked about multiple times <laughs> when we bring up <laughs> Doug Bradley's. Who who could forget honky sausages? Huh? You know what? Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm shocked he said it with a straight face. Yeah, well, I, I did at least once. I got it out. So there you go. that's really I mean, and that's plenty enough, right? But is there anything else you guys wanted to point out before we dive into the ins and outs of this sucker? Have we talked about honky sausages yet? Yeah, yeah, we have. We brought. It. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I, matter of fact, I just brought it up. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. The management of this drive-in theater is happy to announce you can enjoy your favorite form of movie entertainment regardless of rain. No longer will it be necessary to let rain spoil your fun. Now you can keep your windshield clear and dry with a drizzle guard. Simply attach it to your windshield, and in a jiffy, you're enjoying the movie without constantly running your windshield wipers. For you, the listeners of the All-American Spook Show podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. So since we've done, you know, five other Hellraiser movies, and I think I've typed in Hellraiser just about every time, this time I'm just typing in... Please, 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 typed in Honky Sausages. No, (laughs) I should. No, I I typed in Clive Barker to see what will pop up. And, of course, we've got uh, The Scarlet Gospels by Clive Barker. That one is a little over 11 hours long. We've got Weave World by Clive Barker. That one's over 21 hours long, and that's an Audible exclusive. And one more by Clive. We've got The Damnation Game. That one is right at 16 hours long. So, obviously, and there's tons more by him on here. So, I don't know if it's his complete works, but uh, it's it's a lot of them. So, if any of that floats your boat. And let's just face it, if you've made it to the sixth Hellraiser movie, you're probably a fan of Clive Barker on some level. So to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash bookshow. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash bookshow for your free audiobook. All right, so I, I, clicked, I went over to IMDb, as we do, and I clicked on plot summaries. And uh, Donnie, you'll be happy to know that only fa- there's only two here this time. So mm, fantastic. It's not like a really long one. You've got the one-sentence one. A shady businessman attempts to piece together the details of the car crash that killed his wife, rendered him an amnesiac, and left him in possession of a sinister puzzle box that summons monsters. I don't think that is a correct description of this movie. I mean, there's some truth there, but that's not how it plays out. That sounds interesting. (laughs) It was far less. Then we have a longer one. This was submitted by BT Rocks Your Socks (laughs) over on IMDb. Kirsty Cotton is now grown up and married to Trevor Gooden. Her memory of the events that took place back at her parents' home in the mental institution have damned. What? Oh, no, no I'm sorry. <laughs> no, we're damned. <coughs> and we are damned. It, the, uh, the, uh, that last part, rewind. Memory. Okay, let me just start the, that sentence over. <laughs> her memory of the events that took place back at her parents' home in the mental institution have dimmed, but she is still traumatized. 
One fateful day, the two get into a fatal car crash, killing Kirsty. Now, Trevor finds himself in a strange world full of sexy women, greed, and murder, making him believe he may be in hell. He follows the clues all the way to Pinhead. I don't even think that's a good description of this movie. <laughs> you told me to do things. I done running. Yay, yay we watched Pinhead. That's, that would have been a better <laughs> description than that. It's about accurate. So, where do we start? Uh, I mean, start at the end. <laughs> How about them credits? <laughs> you mean uh, the end credits? <laughs> All right, uh, folks. Well, join us next week. I think we start. I think we start right out the gates of Kirsty coming back. I was like, I hadn't really looked any. You know, I've, I hadn't seen this before, and I didn't even watch a trailer or anything. I'm just kind of like, all right. Well, the the next Hellraiser. Here we go. So I had no idea that she was in this. So I was I was pleasantly surprised, at least, to see her at the beginning. Nobody else. Yeah, that was one of the. I guess that'd be one of the. <laughs> I'm like, if no. You hadn't seen this and I hadn't seen it. That was kind of a draw, right? Okay, Kirsty comes back. Yeah, All right. This, this could be interesting. We'll see but, where they go with it. Not too far. <laughs> they didn't go very far with it, but she was there. So at least there was that. They got her for five minutes, so they they, they made the most of it. About right. I guess the first like really gruesome thing. Well, I mean, like at the beginning, it's set, you set up the whole thing where like they her her and her husband Trevor get into like a little argument or something. Then they veer off a bridge, go down and like, he's not able to get her out. So you're pretty much left to assume right there. She's well, she's gone. So Kirsty came back just for that is the way, you know, <laughs> at the beginning, you're like what? Um, but really like the first gruesome thing you see after that is the brain surgery, which get ready. <laughs> Cause there's a theme coming up of dreams. Everything's a dream. Mm, or is yeah. it? I don't even remember what set it up, but like he, it's when he's in the hospital for the injuries of the crash, right? Yeah, yeah. and they uh, they drug him. Yeah, and then like all of a sudden he wakes up and there's some like cinnabites or something cinnabite esque, like performing a brain surgery on him or something, right? And I think maybe even Pinhead. I can't remember. Was there? I I, I don't know. I just, you just locked it out. <laughs> no, I, I just yeah, I don't know. I watched this four or five days ago, so I, I don't remember. Well, there's like open brain surgery. I think Pinhead was there and like sticks one of his ah, hands in his brain. That does, yeah, that does ring and then a bell. He wakes up yeah. like that, like that didn't happen. So, like I said, that's actually a thing. That's a that's a real procedure that they do. It's called a, a wake craniotomy. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> well, actually, yeah my my grand my grandfather had to have it done many years ago. If I'm ever in a position where I have to do that, just just go ahead and end me. Pull my brain out and yeah. leave, leave me on Rough. the table. I, I don't know if I want to. I don't know if I want to come back from that one. No. I don't know, man. I'd be like, "Hey, man, uh, can you record this so I can watch it later?" <laughs> I guess. I mean, I, I, I assume. How do they even do that? Did they like deaden your whole fucking head? Um. Well, that's a great question. I don't know. Uh, I just know that he had to remain uh, awake and alert, and had to tell them. Well, as far as my grandfather, um, he had to tell them when it stopped hurting. Fuck. Yeah, it was. It was. It, they had to. They had to go in his. They had to go in his brain and uh, uh, deaden a nerve. Through the screams of knowing what this is happening is when you would say that's when it stops hurting. <laughs> yeah. It never stops. <laughs> Fuck.
Yeah, yeah, that's yeah I just that is rough. That, I can't can't imagine. In, anyway, in this scenario, you see it happen, and then he just wakes up like, no, that didn't happen. So you're like, okay. Then there's a, a number of dreams that happen after that. He <laughs> he falls over like he he feels like he's being chased. By the way, this this scene right here felt like the last movie where the engineer is chasing that guy. There's just some guy in a window across the street, and he's kind of hiding around the corner. <laughs> And then uh, he just randomly starts coughing up water and then pukes up an eel. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, can I point out, like, because it happens a number of times in this, in this movie, the fly, like a sound of a fly. When you see something kind of gross and there's the sound of a fly, like buzzing, you can really make just about anything gross. If you think about it, right? Like you could show a nice spread of Thanksgiving dinner and you put in the sound (laughs) effects of flies buzzing around and say, that's gross. Yeah. Even though, even though it's a nice looking dinner, you know, if you put in that fly sound in a movie, man, it's going to instantly make it gross. Yeah. I mean, because what, when a fly lands on something, he basically just vomits on it. And then and it's what they do. So when you're armed with that knowledge, it's like, well, everything about a fly is gross. So, so fast forward a little bit. Trevor is, uh, there's this woman it's his boss or something, right? Or one of his bosses, supervisor, yeah. some some yeah. woman of power in his company that keeps trying to like have sex with him, and like in the break room, she busts into his house and stuff. Well, eventually, like they start kind of getting hot and heavy, and then there's a ca- he's got a camera in in his house, and you see, it looks like he's having sex with her, right? But then he's not. He's just like standing there watching it. And then you see like a couple of Cenobites like come up behind her and uh, put like a plastic bag over her head. So like, th- well, this is all he waves his out. hand in front of the camera while, while he and her are having sex, he's watching it through the camera and he, he, he starts moving his hand. So it makes it look like it's live. Yeah. Like he's <clears> there, but like, he's not seeing it in front of him. But if he looks back at the TV that's hooked to the camera, he can see her basically being killed right in front of him. So it's, it's this weird thing that, is yet another dream. Move on to the next dream. <laughs> uh, he's randomly getting acupunctured, like from this woman Sage, right? And then uh, Pinhead shows up. And I don't remember what line he delivers, but then he stabs. He takes the pen out and stabs uh, Trevor through the throat. Ah! He wakes up. Another fucking dream. What did What did he sound like? Ah! <laughs> and, then, and then it's another dream. Fast forward to the next dream. He's having sex with Tawny, which, by the way, is there another a better like eighties and nineties? Uh, <laughs> oh, I mean, slut named we, Tawny. Yeah, but he's having sex with Tawny, and then a Cenobite shows up, puts like this metal mask over his face, and then it's got like this screw apparatus thing, and then just turns it and pushes it in, like goes through his head. Right. Then he wakes yeah, up. I guess. Ah, that didn't happen. <laughs> We assume it goes to his head, but the, the screw apparatus was so short that in reality, in physics, everything, he just pushed it into an open cavity where his mouth was. Which <laughs> yeah. really it just went like half anyway. past his tongue. Oh, what was that? <laughs> Get this shit off of me. Mm. But anyways, yeah, you assume, but yeah, he wakes up. It's a dream. Fast forward to the next dream. He wakes up and uh, Tawny is dead. And then Pinhead is in the mirror and he says something to him like, you know, Welcome to hell. I don't know what the fuck he says. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> he says some shit. Welcome to hell. Yeah, Pinhead is not going to like except this review. Pinhead, <laughs> except Pinhead was looking at me and says, Welcome to hell. 
like, ah! I woke up. It was a dream. Um, throughout all this, there's tons of flashbacks too of him having the lament configuration and giving it to Kirsty as like a wedding gift or something. But you only get snippets of it. You get a little bit more toward the end, but you get these snippets of it happening, right? Where here's the lament configuration. Now open it. <laughs> and and I still, I, I think that's a, a, a whole plot point that they still never really explained when it came back around to it toward the end. And we'll get to it in a minute. He has another dream where he's having sex with Sage and then he wakes up and he's in the back of an ambulance. Uh, so, <laughs> so at least that was a pleasurable dream, I guess. But there was really no point to just about any of this. <laughs> Well, you see, it was it was a wet dream mm-hmm. because of the ending, you see. Yeah. And he woke up. Ah, it's a dream. <laughs> There's a doctor in this hospital because he has to go to the hospital a number of times throughout the movie. And this is blonde haired woman named Allison. She's there. And uh, he's talking to her. But then uh, a janitor is like in this room, this random room, like cleaning it up. He sees Trevor talking to Al- uh, to, to to no one, basically. Like Trevor thinks he's talking to Allison, but he's like, he's looking at him and he's talking to nobody. So that's your first clue. Like, all right, something, something real is real wacky is going on here, right? Wait, um, you're talking about the eighty, the eighty dreams before this didn't give it away. <laughs> I think this is the first one though, where like in the quote unquote real world of this scenario, <laughs> that you see someone else witnessing it though, right? Like <laughs> everything else is just him waking up and the whole oh, fuck. Oh boy, that. Was I mean, a at, at what point, uh, like is beating the dead horse like like what, what what side of the horse did he not beat yet oh well it was at least an hour and 10 minutes into this movie before they stopped beating that dead horse. <laughs> um pinhead appears to him once again in another little sequence and and says basically says that he is the killer because he says something along the lines of the killer is in this room but it ain't me right yeah the killer, the killer, the killer is, is amongst us. us yeah yeah but but it ain't me kind of thing um this guy that pops in and out that works with Trevor, his name is Brett, uh, who apparently is in on it too, because there's this whole subplot that you kind of start to figure out by this point that Trevor, that Kirsty had inherited some money from her dad and her uh, uncle Frank from the first movie, right, Smoke? And yeah. the whole thing is, is that Trevor and this guy, Brett, I guess, are trying Brett, to the hitman. <laughs> yeah, that's, you're, you're right. <laughs> uh, are trying to kill her, or I guess the attempt was to kill her so they could get this money. Split the, yeah. Yeah, this, split the money. this money that she's got from her, her dad. But Brett's like, you know, I guess this shit's too deep. Shoots himself. At least that's, <laughs> at least that, I mean, because I don't even think they ever really explain his death in the end either, right? We'll swing back around to that in just a minute. But he shoots himself, which is really about the only time I think up to this point that you actually see anyone die, right? Like, you yeah, see, that's, Mm-hmm. You see people that are dead after the fact, but this is the first time you've actually seen someone on screen die in the movie. Uh, because if, after that, he runs away and eventually finds Sage, you know, the one that was giving him the, the acupuncture treatment. She's been stabbed to death, so she's dead. Uh, Detective Lang, who has been investigating Trevor this whole time, um, he walks in as soon as, like, Trevor has found Sage dead and stabbed. He pulls the thing out. He's <laughs> just standing there waiting <laughs> yeah. when the cops walk in. So, of course, he's arrested. Wait, wait. What thing did he pull out? The uh, the ice pick, right? Oh, sorry. All right. Oh, no, it. no. It's completely different weapon. <laughs> completely different pullout. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, well, we're not talking about sex scenes in this movie. So I think this is where the movie goes off the rails in the sense of what the fuck is going on here. Because <laughs> once he's arrested, Detective Lang, right, takes him down a hallway and like <laughs> closes the bars, and then he's talking to him, and all of a sudden the other detective, Detective uh, Givens, who is like I guess Lang's partner, he. <laughs> He comes out of the back of Detective Lang's head as like a worm. It's this. It's the CGI. It's it, and it's like bad CGI too. Oh, yeah. It's like yeah, like, it's like first lawnmower man CGI. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. This is like ten years after the lawnmower man came out. This, <laughs> this is this is three million dollar budget straight to video type of bad yeah. is what it is. But that happens. So you're like, what the fuck? And he runs away. And then Pinhead finally gets a hold of him. Like, I guess kind of at the end of the hallway, there's a room and he gives him the old hooks and chains treatment. You know, where it's the, uh, Jesus wept, you know, uh, uncle Frank <laughs> or whatever type thing, you know, where he's, except you don't yeah. see it happen, of course, because this movie can't have at least one cool scene. No, you just see him get hooked up with the chains and shit. And then that's when you kind of, everything is revealed that in reality, you're you're in hell motherfucker. And, uh, all these things happen except the opposite, right? Like you, it's revealed that Kirsty is the one that is still alive. And she got confronted by pinhead again and basically threw everybody under the bus. Like, how about I get you five souls for myself? So she turns around and, and gets pinhead Brett's soul. Uh, the three women, what is it? Uh, Sage and Allison and whoever the other the one, I don't yeah. think it's Allison. I think it's Gwen. No, not Allison. Yeah, uh, Allison is the uh, the corner or whatever at the end. Yeah. Sage, Gwen, and doesn't matter. Three women. Fucking notes. Yeah. <laughs> Three women and Trevor. Trevor is the oh the uh, Tony or whatever. Tony, yeah. How could I forget? Tony, How yeah. Could I forget. <laughs> uh, that's the five souls in exchange for her own. Uh, so then you you basically see them pulling Trevor out of the car in the lake or in the river, whatever that is. He's dead. He's dead. He's dead because Kirsty shot him in the head. That's when the car had at the beginning, when she shot him in the head, the car goes off the side of the bridge. And so then when they've got Trevor's body on the gurney or whatever, and the, the guy's like, for no reason, really, he's like, hold on, let me take a look. And he take you notice he takes his pen, and like looks in the guy's coat, like, nah, nothing, eh, nothing. Oh, wait a minute. What is this? And then they pull a whole fucking eel <laughs> out of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, man. which I guess would elude, I guess it's only there to, uh, to go back to that part where he pukes up the eel, right? <laughs> uh, well, this is why he was thinking that in death. Yes. He was dreaming about swallowing an eel when he was dead and it, mm. it appeared in his hell dream. Yeah. But anyway, that's the only thing that makes sense to me. Allison, who is the woman that he keeps seeing at the hospital every time he goes yeah. down here. Like, yeah. She is talking to his corpse. And <laughs> even the corpse is like, damn, I'm the corner and you're creeping me out. She's like, well, <laughs> just because they're dead don't, don't mean you can't talk to them like they're human or whatever. Something, something. yeah. She, she says, so that explains why he keeps seeing Allison and she's talking to him, right? Then uh, Detective Lang, who Christy is now at the scene or whatever, Detective Lang gives her the limit configuration to box. He's like, oh, we, yeah. we found this box. I believe it. You know, it meant something to him, so it should belong to you in the end. Yeah, basically. Basically. Yeah. There Perfect. you go. Hellraiser Hellseeker. So yep. about an hour of this movie was horse shit, and then it finally got to the point of 
just like the last one that we watched, it's basically all pinhead. Th- this guy's hell, right? He's in hell and pinhead's fucking with him. That's the whole movie. Dreams, hallucinations. Smoke, I think it was you that pointed out, like, when when was the shift here with these movies where they wanted to do police procedural procedurals? <laughs> well, I, was, I think there was a little bit of it in part three, even, but not as much. I mean, it wasn't focused on that. It was there, you know, but it was really the fourth one. I get, well, yeah, the one in space, right? They did have that little bit of police, police but after that, then definitely. The last two, yeah, yeah, definitely these last two. This one in the, uh, who cares about the name of the last <laughs> Inferno. Was it Inferno? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Inferno. Inferno and and this one, Hellseeker, have basically been like uh, Cenobite versions of Law and Order SVU or something. (laughs) (laughs) It's a weird turn. Well, anyways, speaking of. I I guess they just ran out of juice on, like, I mean, really, I mean, to be honest, I mean, they ran out of juice after the second one. The third one was well enough and entertaining for what it was. It was fun. But after that, it's like they just don't they 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 don't have any ideas for incorporating the Cenobite thing into it and hell and all that without yeah. reverting to. <laughs> We've said beating a dead horse, and that's that's what the series is. Literally, like they just should have stopped after the third one. You know, <laughs> you know the funny thing is, is like we were kind of saying this when we watched the first three. They're like, oh man, it ain't gonna get no better. And boy, have we been right so far. Yeah, yeah. Because I think most of us haven't seen any of these, right? No. I mean, I. No. Personally, I'd never seen any beyond part three. I thought maybe I saw the fourth one, but no, I hadn't yeah. even seen that one. So yeah, I think we we were correct in our assessments uh, before we'd even <laughs> watched them. But I was the one that uh, you know uh, put this one out. Just like I said earlier, just so we could get through the series. So I guess I'll be the first one to give out the star rating. I'll be honest with you, like you know, wait a second before you do. Like, what did we uh, rate the previous? Uh, 11 Hellraiser. So, I'm sorry, there's only uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to go through all the ratings, but right. I'll, just, I'll just compare it because I think it's fair to the last one that we did. Hellraiser okay. Inferno. Donnie, you and Smoke both gave that one a star and a quarter, and I gave it a star and a half. Will, did you ever get a chance to swing back around and watch that one? Well, anyway, getting to our ratings. <laughs> well, then <laughs> we don't have a rating for him on that one, but uh, I think based on that, I can't necessarily say that this was any damn better or worse than that one. I'm going to say the same as I did that one. I'm going to say a star and a half. And that's just because I think there is a, a little bit more uh, Cenobite stuff in this one than there was in that one, if I remember correctly. Like, I don't remember hardly any in that one. Remember, that's the one where Pinhead's barely in it. He just kind of appears at the end like, ha I was yeah. there the whole time. I was, that, I was that guy from the Warriors the whole time. Boo. <laughs> James Remar. <laughs> See, I, I'm going to go star and a half. I mean, that, that ain't saying much, but uh, Donnie, what do you say? You know, I, I actually, I hated Inferno. I hated it. For the most part, I hated it. Um, this one I liked a little bit better, but not much better. Um, you say I gave a uh, star and a quarter on Inferno. I'm going to give this one a star and a half. I didn't like it much better, but I did like it a little better. Yeah, I, I think it's a low bar, but yeah. Will, what do you say? Mm, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, star and a half. It just is what it is. <laughs> They're gonna put that on the back of the next uh, Blu-ray release. <laughs> it is what it is. The Spook Show says it is what it is. <laughs> All right, Smoke. That leaves you. What do you say? Uh, yeah, I gave it. You know, like Donnie was saying as well. It's I don't know that I like it that much better or worse than the last one we did, Inferno. But 
I gave that one, I think, a star and a quarter. Yep. Uh, one thing, though, that I don't like about this one that is just a personal thing more so than others is that I'm not the, I'm not a fan at all of the whole dream sequence cop-out. I think it's a whole cop-out thing when you have, like, your entire movie is a flashback or dream sequence or whatever. Yeah. I can't stand the plot device. <laughs> so, I mean, yes, it's great that the Cinebites were in here a little bit more than they were in the last one, even though they don't do terribly much, right? No, they don't. <laughs> but I don't, I think I'm not going to give it any more, so I'm going to stick with a star and a quarter, same rating I gave the last one. And that's because even though I think maybe the plot's a little bit, what there is of a plot <laughs> is maybe a little bit better with this one or there's more Cinebites or whatever, but just that whole dream sequence thing, I can't, I just hate that personally whenever that's used as a major plot device. Yeah. Or, you know, not that it's a dream sequence, but you know what I mean. That It basically is a dream sequence. It's a glorified, you know, he's trapped in his hell thing, whatever, and get. it's basically a dream sequence. We, so. talk, we talked about that when we talked about Inferno. It was like, I, I'm not a big fan of movies that are basically bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. Like, <laughs> most of it didn't happen, or it's all horse shit. And, and like, I like, I, and I referenced back then, and I'll reference it again, I liked April Fool's Day for what it was, but I think just generally speaking, and this is a spoiler if you haven't seen it, earmuffs uh <laughs> nothing <laughs> happened in that fucking movie and i hate you. <laughs> everything you saw it was funny. shit it's funny you mentioned that because that was exactly the movie that i had in mind when i was talking about dream sequences and things of that nature movies that we've you know kind of done or whatever that was the one that in the back of my mind it popped up yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned yeah april so, fool's day it's, yeah so yeah so the the consensus for us on hellraiser hellseeker is 1.4 stars out of five so not good, but you know, if you feel the need to be completionist, as apparently we are, and watch all the Hellraiser movies, <laughs> yeah, we could stop. No, we got to keep going. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a thing. Um, can, can we make this part of crafts for peace? Yeah, let's just shift this. Whole, <laughs> let's just shift the series over to that, and then bring it back when we get that to get to the last one. Um, I think I mentioned that before. Will it come into the show that? Uh, but I'd much rather watch a good portion of the Crafterpiece movies that we've done again than ever see this one. Again. Yeah, yeah. Or, uh, or be careful argue. what you wish for. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to completely argue it, but yeah. The critic aggregates that we always reference for this one, IMDb, it got 4.9 out of 10 stars, which is a little higher than I was. I mean, granted, it's IMDb, so anybody can vote and you get 30,000 votes, but still 4.9 out of 10? That's a little higher than I would think, but. Honestly, it jives with even the Metacritic score. On Metacritic, the Metascore is 46, and that's out of 100. So it's pretty much about the same. I, I, I'm kind of surprised, but I'm not surprised by this one. Rotten Tomatoes, the tomato meter, 0%. And that, now granted, that's only, <laughs> that's only nine reviews, but still, pretty sure that is the lowest we have ever seen for any movie we've done. That wasn't Crafterpiece. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, you know. Zero percent, you can't go any lower. But I don't think we've had another zero percent for anything that I've kept. You know, and not that I have the whole chart up here, but I think anything we've done, I think it's the first one. But the audience score was thirty three percent, so that feels more right to me than uh, four point nine or forty six Metascore or whatever. But either way, it didn't sound like not very many people liked it, except for Pinhead. I'm sure we'll get a stern letter from him <laughs> over on aaspookshow.com. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that's where we'll leave it for now, as far as our star ratings are concerned, but we have, uh, our usual segments and we're going to be introducing a new one this time around. So I'll explain no. that here in just a second, but until then,
Connections. Connections. The connections. <laughs> There's the giggles that you love so much, Donnie. Oh, man. All right. So uh, if this is your uh, first uh, foray into the Spook Show world, what a weird episode to uh, spot, you know, kind of come in on. You know, just Why would starts... you cherry pick this one? Right? Like, <laughs> I would seriously doubt anyone actually yeah. would because that's just based on the numbers from the last couple Hellraiser movies. You done. know what? I don't think anybody's listening to this. I don't know. Maybe, you know, Pinhead out there who uh, kind of <laughs> yeah, well, gave there's, us there's that. Yeah, there's Pinhead. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so we connect the current uh, movie episode uh, to past Spook Show episodes by any cast or crew. Um, so on the cast side, no surprise, Doug Bradley. Uh, plays Pinhead in Hellraiser 1, 2, 3, Bloodline, and Inferno. This was, the, you know, this um, was this Hellseeker. This was the sixth. Uh, he was in the previous five. So that's cast uh, taken care of on the crew side. We've got makeup effects creator Gary J. Tunnicliffe and Smoke's favorite, um, Ginger Snaps. And also uh, Hellraiser 3, Bloodline, and Inferno. So those are the uh, connections for past Spook Show episodes. That will bleed us into... Kill. 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 Uh, Will, what's that kill count? Uh, I came up with seven on this one. Most everybody was shot in the head. Except for the two random criminals. One was getting electrocuted, the other one was getting beaten. But uh, I kind of helped smoke with... Uh, uh, the gore score. Let's let's go through what happened to everybody. Uh, Christy at the beginning got drowned. Wynn got suffocated. Trevor got a needle through the back. Trevor got a uh, screw still through the mouth. Tony was killed by the Cenobites. Trevor was stabbed with an ice pick. Uh, Brett was shot. Sage had the ice pick to the head. The two criminals again. And then everybody really just got shot through the head. <laughs> lots, lots. So of, yeah, lots uh, of shooting in the head. Lots, lots Wayne, yeah, Trevor, yeah. Tony, Brett, Sage, and the two criminals. There you go. All right, so this huh. is this is actually enough. I somebody would shoot me through the head before I got hit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Right, so th- Who says they haven't? <laughs> yeah, and, oh, and this is, you, this I'm living in flashback. <laughs> You still got multiple of these left. And then you wake up. Oh, I give my, it's a dream. I guess I'm going to have to give my entire life a one and a half star, then something or one quarter. Speaking <laughs> <laughs> of flashback, some shit plot device I hate. All right, so this will naturally lead us, before we get to the gore score, we're going to have a new segment. And this will be one that I kind of, uh, we'll kind of talk about it beforehand before we hit air. But like, basically, I'm going to, this is what I'm going to call the highlight kill. Let's talk about the kill reel. Highlight kill. So, I'm going to say, and this man, what a movie to to do. Like, we're going to start doing this little highlight kill thing. So, like, basically, the the premise is this will be, for lack of a better way of phrasing it, the best kill, the one that stands out, the the one moment of the movie that people will probably take away. This movie is devoid of it. It doesn't have. <laughs> it really doesn't have a moment you're going to take away, and you know, like, oh yeah, that. That movie sucked, but there was that one. Now, this doesn't have it, but the closest I could come up with, and, and I think you guys probably mostly agree, is Kirsty shooting Trevor in the head that leads to the car crash at the end. Um, it's not a great one, but it, 
it's the best we got here because <laughs> most, most of this movie is horse shit. So I'm going to go with that one. The highlight kills Kirsty shooting Trevor in the head, him dying and making the car crash into the river and at least to the end of the movie. Can, so, can, can I make one argument against that? Okay. Not, not against your choice, just uh, the problem I saw with that. All right, Trevor was driving the car, correct? Yes. She uh, pulls out the gun on the passenger side and shoots him in the head. How does he end up going off the road on the right side <laughs> when he is getting shot away from that side? Because even in death, he had the wherewithal to avoid oncoming traffic. And his <laughs> no, body, sir, he's menace. He does body, not miss. Yeah, his, he's mayhem. His body mayhem. Yeah, his body involuntarily jerked the wheel to the right, sending them into the river <laughs> safely. Early safely. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, okay. see, see, physically, she shot him through the left, the right side of the head, which controlled, you know, the left side's function went the other way. No, as we learned during that, as we learned during that craniotomy, right? Yeah, That's right. Yeah. yeah, there you go. It all comes together. See, they knew they knew what they were doing. They knew it was clever. They movie. did not know what they were yeah, doing. Yeah, we're we're giving them credit. Stop it. <laughs> all right, so that I think that all that out of the way, that naturally leads us to the gore score. Gore score. Right, professor, what do you, where do you land on this one? I don't think there was any, if there was any more or less gore in this one than the last one, I, I mean, it wasn't noticeable to me. Will covered pretty much what the kills were. The goriest, I don't know, being maybe, and it wasn't even really a kill necessarily. It was because of the flashback thing, but the pinhead's needle through his neck was pretty, uh, pretty cool, I guess. I don't know, maybe the goriest part. I mean, you know, when he got shot in the head and it, Typical kind of gun splatter. The other one, one shooting in the head that I didn't like was uh, the digital effect that they used for it, right? Yeah, you mean Forget who it was. when Brett killed himself? Yeah. 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 <laughs> they went with their with the shitty CG exit wound for the for the bullet or whatever. But yeah. So not, it wasn't as gory as you would like it to be. There was a lot of aftermath type stuff, like when he's supposedly in hell, which also that's another thing, too, that this basement of the prison, of the jail or whatever, or the police department was supposed to be like, Kind of like hell. <laughs> yeah, well, it was pretty weak. Pretty weak for hell, I guess. Uh, you know, there's some like random human slabs of meat laying around on the tables or in the morgue, I guess, or whatever. <laughs> and that was the extent of the gore, pretty much. I guess I'll have to go with a five again, same as I gave uh, Inferno. Inferno. Well, there we go. We, we, we finally got through it, Donnie. You happy? Oh, We've made it. Yeah. Can we roll the credits on this one, yeah. too? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but now we have to watch the credits. Go ahead and hit it. Ah, damn it. Son of a bitch. Um, all right, so there you go. That's uh, Hellraiser Hellseeker. We'll leave that one in the dustbin, and, and I'm, sure, I'm sure sooner or later we will get around to the next one, which is Hellraiser Debtor, but not next week. Next week, it's it's onward and upward for sure. Way up. We're going back to the Colt Corner series, and uh, we all nominated something, spun the wheel, and it landed on Fight Club from 1999. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of jokes next week when we get to Fight Club, <laughs> but... I will say this is going to be a tough one to do because technically we can't talk about it. So shortest episode ever. It might be. It might be. So uh, stay tuned for next week to find out. So for Will, Donnie, Professor Smoke, I'm Josh. We are the All American Spook Show, and we'll talk to you next week. And now, folks, it's time to say good night. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.